0: Welcome back to another episode of Bernie's Bums. Today you have sick Olivia and newly Cubs fan Ryan on the other end. This should be interesting.
1: Don't don't do that.
0: You are rooting for them today. I'm going to say it. This is why you don't tell me this stuff.
1: Olivia's disgusted with me because the Cubs, you know, today have won me some money. And therefore, yes, I have to cheer for them. But in my defense, they're playing the Pirates. They're not playing the Brewers. So it's okay to cheer for another team when they're not playing your team.
0: Yeah, but if anything, you could argue that, like, since they're playing a division rival or, like, a person in the division, you should be rooting for the Pirates because, like, division. So, I mean, I'm just putting that out there. Yeah,
1: but the Pirates are kind of ass and they weren't going to make me any money (laughs)
0: Okay, okay. You can the show a different team. That's
1: all. And I'm saying. it's kind of funny because my one of my least favorite players in the league is Javi Baez. And I think it was um, so today's April 8th and I think it was the sixth inning top of the sixth. Uh, Cubs were down 2 to 1 and Rizzo singled, Javi Baez was up to bat and he put the Cubs in the lead. Good for him. Don't don't do that. And currently, the Brewers are playing the Cardinals. Cardinals. Corbin Burns is matched up against Adam Wainwright, and Corbin Burns continues to just be the best pitcher I've ever seen.
0: Okay, let's not get like carried away here, bro. But um, we'll get there. Well, we'll get there.
1: Best pitcher I've ever seen today. Okay. Fair enough. There
0: you go. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Should we get started here? Yeah, let's are do you it. done
1: talking about your bets? Well, I mean, I was talking about the brewers too. A little bit. A little Man, bit. I got sick Olivia on the other line and I'm I'm nervous to see how the rest of this episode goes.
0: <laughs> I just get really crabby, so
1: Hey, we're talking baseball. It's time to be happy.
0: I know. I got a smile on my face. We're all good. We're all good.
1: Brewers are starting anyway. to turn it around too, so let's go.
0: Yeah. It's all to be smiling about obviously some big news from the week was the Orlando Arcea trade um, with Atlanta. We got two relief pitchers in return, both righties. Chad Saboka.
1: Sub- 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 I think the T is... Sub- Sabotka? Yeah, Saboka or Sabaka.
0: Sure. Um, him as well as Patrick... Why these last names? Weagle?
1: Yeah, that's the Weagle. one I would, Yeah, that's what I would go with.
0: Um And Patrick... Was Atlanta's 12th prospect, and once he entered our system, he is our 17th. So we got some good return on that, and both pitchers were sent to our alternate training site in Appleton.
1: Well, the thing with. So I think the best piece of the trade for us in return was Patrick Weagle. I'm going to say Weagle until I get proven otherwise.
0: Yeah, um, no, I agree. I agree.
1: I mean, Atlanta's number 12 prospect, the only downside in him is. I I think he's like 25 or 26, so he's not young anymore, but he's kind of one of those prospects that's MLB ready right now.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we were shown last year that age doesn't matter. I mean, Devin Williams won Rookie of the Year, and he's like, see, 26 now.
1: Yeah, his age 25
0: season last year around there, so something like that. Really doesn't matter as long as you're performing.
1: And Saboka is a guy; he's a big pitcher. I mean, six seven. I think with the uh, with the Braves, he always had potential, just never was able to kind of put all the pieces together. Um, so with him, I don't know if that was just kind of a throwaway piece. Either way, I think getting two pitchers, um, both with pretty good potential, I mean, I don't think either of them are going to be Cy Young candidates, but, you know, maybe above replacement level players. To get two pitchers for Orlando Arcee, I think is a great deal for the Brewers.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and this, according to David Stearns, there have been talks um, going back and forth with multiple teams um, for the past couple of months now, and it really wasn't until this week at, like, some crazy hour of the night when um, it happened. And, you know, before I move on, it's it's sad to see Orlando go. I think we all knew that it was coming at some point. I think they were going to try and really make that commitment to Luis Arias. but, you know, it's really sad to see him go. Well, always had great energy, a great presence at the ballpark, and a
1: fun guy to watch. Right. I have a couple of things. So, first one, when the Brewers acquired Colton Wong before the season, they must have had this in the back of their mind, right, that they were going to trade Arcia. I mean, looking back at it.
0: Yeah, they've thought about it. I think it's always been an idea once we got Arias. I think once we got Arias, there was always kind of that, like, okay, at some point you know, we're going to commit to him and Orlando's going to be gone.
1: And I've seen, and my second thing is, I've seen a lot of people very, like, pretty upset about the trade because Arcia, of course, was a fan favorite, but for whatever it was, four or five years, he wasn't, I mean, he had a couple good seasons, but even then, his good seasons were I don't even think above average, you know what I mean? Like, if you look at shortstops as a whole I don't think he was ever that good of a player you know he's a below average player um kind of inconsistent on defense inconsistent offensively I think he'll be a good backup in Atlanta but
0: yeah I think I think it's just a bittersweet moment because he was kind of that first prospect to come up from the Brewers minor league system he kind of was that person that everybody was excited about and you know, whether how good or not that he was in the last couple of seasons, he was just so much fun to watch on the field, always had a big smile on his face, a great clubhouse guy. And I think you miss that presence. And I think that sometimes supersedes the talent, especially from a fan perspective. I think you see a guy who's out there smiling and having fun every day and you kind of skip over what he's actually doing for the team. So it definitely is a bittersweet moment.
1: Right. Yeah, um, I know. I've seen people say like, oh, we've given up on him too early. I'm like, we've seen enough Arcia. We know what he is. Um, I don't think yeah, this is I, a case of us giving up on a prospect too early.
0: Yeah, and I think with him too, you know, he was able to add third base to his repertoire um, over spring training. And I think that adds for him a lot of versatility that he didn't have before, and I wish him nothing but the best. I do think, to what you said, he can be kind of that backup kind of utility guy who can play um, different positions of the infield. I think, you know, maybe they could even try him at second. Um, Just kind of one of those bittersweet moments where it's sad to see him go, but you wish him nothing but the best.
1: But, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, he'll probably stick around in Atlanta for a couple years, or maybe the league, who knows if he'll stick with Atlanta. But I think he's got another, what, three, four, five years in the league. When it's all said and done for him to be one of our best prospects, I mean, a 10-year career is nothing to joke about, or an eight-year career. You know, it's nothing to scoff at. Like, he's still a successful player, even if he wasn't exactly what we thought we were going to get.
0: Exactly, and that's a really good point
1: to bring
0: out. You're welcome. You're welcome. Very vain you are. Um, And in recent news, this just came in, like, maybe – 20 minutes ago um, I don't think it's gone official yet but the Brewers are looking at signing D Strange Gordon to a minor league contract what? just kind of did you not hear about that no it's I like haven't... really really new
1: yeah I haven't really been on my phone until just now but yeah 20 minutes ago I wouldn't see seen it
0: yeah I think he turned I think it's his age 33 season played 30 some games last year did I mean hit two hundred? But then again, you can't really take that much into it. But what
1: about the year just, before it?
0: I couldn't tell you. All
1: right, I'll, I'll look it up.
0: You look it up. Um, just kind of one of those things solidifying some uh backup, you know, protection in case of some injuries. Because the guy, other than Luis Arias, the guy who else can play shortstop would be Daniel Robertson, and so just kind of further cementing some backups and giving us a little bit more options
1: yeah i mean he knows what he's doing out there quick guy he's still fast i mean so now i'm looking at it so last year yeah hit 200 but the year before that in 2019 his age 31 season he batted 275 so oh not bad Two sixty. i mean he is a
0: former gold glover and all-star i believe yeah so two-time all-star he, there's gold, be something silver left in slugger
1: the- um, he won the batting yeah. title, if you didn't know that, in 2015. Oh,
0: good for him. So there's something left in the tank for him. I, uh, he gets to stay on the field another year, and we get some backup.
1: Pretty sure he got busted for steroids at one point. Awesome. Great. Oh, get a, we got rid of one with Ryan Braun. I knew bring that in was coming.
0: One. I knew that was coming. All right,
1: fine. We can move on.
0: Um, In other news, just if you're heading out to the ballpark, I'm sure you know, tailgating is officially back at Miller Park. Sorry, Amf, Field. I'm going to keep messing that up for all of eternity. But, yeah, go have a couple beers and a brat outside before the game. All right, done. Done. I'm in. Yeah.
1: I love tailgating. I don't. I, I really don't like people, though, when they say, Oh, the only reason we go to a baseball game is to tailgate. You ever hear people say that?
0: I didn't even hear a word. That was just... Whoa. Well, yeah, that's
1: how people sound when they say stupid shit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, like, what were you saying?
1: Well, people say, like, oh, the only reason to go to a baseball game or a brewer game is to tailgate. False. I say, so you're going to pay money for tickets just to tailgate?
0: You can go in the parking lot and tailgate. For
1: free. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you have to pay for parking. Oh, true. But other than that.
1: Either way. You don't
0: even have to go in the game.
1: Either way. So, like, like I said before, it's, I don't know, April 8th, so... MLB season has been in full swing for about a week now um, Brewers are currently as I'm speaking three and three they're up one nothing against the Cardinals um, it I've already been frustrated with the team I don't know about you I know you're a little bit more level-headed but it took me like over four games to get upset.
0: Yeah, I think it was no, it was Sunday. I'm pretty sure you texted me and you were ready. To it was throw the, the third. Flag already. I think
1: it was the third. I wasn't ready to throw in the flag. It was the third game, and I just was not happy with the at bats.
0: And do you know what? Your credit, you know, I can't blame you for not being happy. The first three games, um, out of the six that we've played, they definitely found it difficult to like get on base. It felt like well. You know, it was like three up, three down. There wasn't, I, I don't, I never like to say there wasn't a whole lot of effort put in because obviously they're busting their ass, but it just, it was very much just like, oh, here we go again. It was well, they, very much reminiscent of 2020. Yeah,
1: it felt like they struggled to even see the ball, not even just put it in play. I mean, I think for the first three games they averaged 13 strikeouts, which, I. I, I hope this isn't a trend all year, but it kind of was last year, and I feel like it will be this year. I'm kind of sick. I don't know if it's the pitching or the hitting coach. I don't know what it is, but we got to put the ball in play. Like 13 strike, you know, you have guys striking out two, three times a game. That's not going to help anybody.
0: Granted, it didn't help that. On Saturday, we did run into just a really good pitcher. Um, there was a dual no-hit bid going on at one point. So, I mean, you got to give credit to them. Obviously, it wasn't fun to watch us, you know, completely swing out of our pants for three pitches and then walk back into the dugout.
1: I think it was, um, it was Michael Pineda, right? It wasn't like a really – I mean, he's a fine pitcher. He's an MLB starter, but he's not great by any means. I mean, we should have put the bat on the ball against Michael Pineda.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he could have just been hot that night too. But safe to say the last couple of games um, definitely been a little bit more traffic on base. Um, just seemingly just the one just the one hit away, and a lot of that has been stolen from us. Um, if you didn't watch the game on, it'll be Wednesday, you know, Travis Shaw could have had a game opening um, hit that would have scored maybe two or three runs. Um, against the Cubs and maybe like the sixth or seventh inning and it was just called foul and even in the game today Lorenzo Kane had a shot into left center field that you know they made a great play on and that could have scored three runs as well so it's kind of one of those things again just one hit away um but you know it's definitely nice to see players or excuse me hitters you know back on the bases again and putting together good at bats and you and they look like they know what to expect when they get up there. I think that was my biggest fear Um, in the first couple of games is they just looked uncomfortable at the plate. They felt like they looked like they didn't know what was coming that every pitch was a surprise. But that's definitely starting to switch a little bit as we move
1: into the season. Well, and I I feel like this team, I don't know why, but if Christian Yelich plays poorly, they lose. If he plays well, they win. I, I feel like, like – I know it's just one player out of nine, but when you – Watch the game. You look at the box score. Those two things are almost always hand in hand. And well, there's no like. Yeah. Go ahead. Obviously, he's one guy. He can't change the whole game, but it makes a big difference when Yelich is hitting the ball as opposed to striking out three times. Because the other guys in our lineup, you know, maybe a little bit more inconsistent. We need Christian Yelich to be good every single day.
0: And it's interesting that you say that because. You know, typically when you think of that, you know, you would automatically think that he's the guy that's, you know, hitting all the RBIs, getting everybody across home. But really, a lot of his hits this year, he I don't even think he has an RBI. No, he has one from opening day for sure. But a lot of his hits, you know, he's been stranded on base or, you know, I think he's had a couple of runs in, but really his hits haven't been truly like a game shifting hit, if you know what I mean.
1: Right. And I I mean so. obviously it's early. I don't really know when the right time to overreact is. Maybe is it twenty games in?
0: I think I think it's just different because everybody experienced what last year was and everybody felt the pain and the frustration. And then in spring training, you know, we were putting up really big scores throughout the entire spring training, you know, hitting homers we were you know, had these big inning rallies, and I think for us to come in on opening day and for that to almost kind of stop and kind of come to a halt really quickly, I think that is what's scaring a lot of people and frustrating a lot of people. Like I said, I'm a little bit more level headed. I'm not worried quite yet. I think as long as guys are getting on base and there's traffic, you know, the hits are gonna start to fall and go away. Right. Yeah,
1: eventually if as long as you get guys on base, eventually they' they'll score. Yeah, and go ahead.
0: Do you the um, you can go.
1: I was just gonna ask you if you if there's any players that you want to highlight, whether good or bad, so far at the start of the season after the first week.
0: Yeah, one guy who I really want to put a shining light on because I don't. I, he's getting he's being talked about, but not enough. I'm sure
1: it's the Omar same. Narvaez. Yep, that's who I was gonna say.
0: He's really really hit well this year so far, and yeah, it's been six games, but for him, I think this is. A pretty big, a pretty big chunk of games after his struggles last year, um, and even when he's been getting out, you know they're really solid at bats. He's getting really hard contact, um, and a lot of them has been falling for hits. So that's definitely one guy who he's being talked about, but definitely not enough. Definitely has been making, definitely has been the difference maker in a lot of the games so and
1: far. We say it's only six games, but if you look at last season, he didn't put six games together that were good. Exactly. You know, so if you look at it like that, where last year he struggled even to get two or three in a row, it's huge. Especially for a guy who I'm sure last season did not go the way he wanted. Um, It's a big confidence boost going into the rest of the year.
0: Exactly. And in comparative to last year, too, you know, six games in, they're already a tenth of the season done with. So just kind of to put those things in perspective, super proud of him. Looks really good at the plate. Um. Yeah, what about you? Anybody you want to...
1: Um. So a player I want to highlight that, um, probably not for good things because he's on my list for guys that just strike out too much and he's been having an issue with that last year and the year before and that's Keston Hira. Um, so far I don't even think he has a hit on the season.
0: He has a hit. He hit a double today in his second at-bat.
1: Do you strike out in the first at-bat?
0: Uh, I think might have put it in play,
1: but either way, he you know he had game in a row you know three strikeouts four three that's just not good, and I think the Brewers yesterday made the right move in benching him for Daniel Vogelbach maybe giving him a day rest. He's just not seeing the ball well.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing to point to that, and I'm not trying to make excuses or you know do whatever, but I think one thing to start out with is he is a really good hitter, and I think we saw that in his rookie year, and he definitely has flashes of that, but I think right now, and I always kind of caution towards this and why I always leaned away from him uh, moving to first base so early in his career is because he's going to have these struggles at the plate, and learning a new position on top of that is only going to make those worse, and so I think there's a lot going on in his head right now, and for once in his life, you know, offense isn't his main priority. He His main priority is trying to figure out a new position. And he's still trying to get those game reps and get all the different scenarios um, that can all be played out on paper. But once you do them in the field, it's such a different experience. So I think getting the hit under his belt today, I think we'll definitely see it change in his at-bats progressively throughout the season. They have been looking a little bit better. He's been making more solid contact, going a little bit deeper into counts. But for sure, it's been frustrating to see him go up um, and strike out a majority of the time.
1: And I just looked at the box score for today. He did strike out. Oh, okay. Classic. He's one for three right now with a double and a strikeout. Also,
0: also it's Wainwright. I think he might have struck out on a curveball or something like that, which who doesn't?
1: 49-year-old Adam Wainwright. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't hold
0: curveball still looks good. I don't know. It
1: doesn't hold the same weight that it used to.
0: Curveball still looks good. It got Yelich out. Hmm. Yeah, made Yelich look ugly.
1: So the final thing I want to highlight after watching the first week and the first run through of our starters, they look good. They look really good.
0: And to kind of tie it in with the offense to show how good our starters have been is our offense isn't even close to reaching their full potential and yet we're sitting at 500 because of our starters.
1: Right. I mean, Brandon Woodruff, um, he made a start yesterday. He was lights out. What I think it was seven innings. Uh, I don't think he gave up a run. Struck out eight, I believe. Um, Corbin Burns, you know, he had that no-hitter going into the seventh, or sixth or seventh inning, I believe, in his first start, and now he's pitching today and looking great. Adrian Hauser, he did the Adrian Hauser thing where, you know, you don't expect too much, but you're hoping to get a solid start, and that's what he did. Freddie Peralta, I mean, that he just strikes people out. It's He's fun to watch. I mean, he – I don't think this guy will pitch more than five innings in a game just because, like, yes, I, I a few days ago, you know, he pitched five innings, had four walks and eight strikeouts. Like, this guy just throws a lot of pitches, but – He's dynamic. He's fun to watch. And then our other starter, Brett Anderson. I mean, I like what I saw. He was cruising. He had a little bit of issues in one inning, but if you take away that one inning, not bad.
0: No, for sure not. And I really want to, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, but I really do want to highlight Freddie Peralta. I think watching his start on, what is it, Tuesday?
1: Yeah, it I, I, I couldn't remember. That's why I just said a few days.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I got, I caught that. But yeah, I
1: think it was Tuesday because um, yesterday was Woodruff.
0: Yeah, it was just, it was, it's always fun to watch him pitch. I think just because he strikes out and he makes hitters look silly. But watching him on Tuesday was really a lot of fun to be able to see him. He was the slider a lot. And, you know, it came down to, I think it was close to 50 50. Between the slider and the fastballs. He really didn't throw that many fastballs. And he threw like one or two curveballs in there as well. But just really cool to see from him. And he started out really, really strong at the beginning. And stayed fairly strong throughout the game. And you're always going to get the walks with him. I think that's kind of inevitable. Um, But But yeah, it was super fun to watch him pitch. And really just enjoy himself out there.
1: The walks... I mean, yeah, you don't want to walk people. You don't want to give people free bases, but he's going to strike people out, too. So that kind of comes hand in hand. Um, I'll take the strikeouts. I'll take the walks if I get the strikeouts, that type of thing. Um, He's usually pretty good at pitching himself out of jams just because the way he can get people out.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, going back to Brett Anderson, too, I think he's... If you may call him like ah, maybe I'd call Freddie Peralta like this. What is it like the sleeping horse? What is that term?
1: uh workhorse. What is it? Workhorse.
0: No, what's the? It's where like nobody pays attention to him and they just go out and do really good things, but yet nobody could care less. You know what uh, I'm talking about? Black the sheep sleeper.
1: No. Huh? The black sheep, like the black sheep of the family. Uh dark no. horse.
0: I don't know, but I don't even know what I'm trying to say at this point. I kinda lost my Underrated? I don't Uh something like that, sure. We'll go with that. Um and then going back to Brad Anderson too, I think I to what you said, I really did like what I saw. Um up until the fourth inning, I think it was the fourth inning, he gave up three homers after he walked the first batter, I believe, of the inning. Um, lost a little bit of control there, but came back and you know, had a solid five innings.
1: Kind of the odd man I, out.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, that's more like I want what I wanted to say.
1: Uh, the yeah. uh, you know a couple of relief pitchers that I want to highlight. Uh, Brent Suter looks pretty good. He's doing Brent yes, Suter thing. Brent. I think it was the game that Peralta pitched. Yeah, it was. So Peralta pitched five, and then Suter came in and pitched three. Which for a relief pitcher to do that, awesome. But between the two of them. I think they had what 13 strikeouts in eight innings
0: yeah so I'm crazy like and that one I think.
1: hit I'm pretty sure they one hit him
0: yeah and um you know he did have to bat and it was very ugly um I'm still trying to get those images out of my nightmares that night
1: did you see it I hate how there's no DH like it's so dumb to me that I gotta yeah, watch yeah but Mark then Corbin Suter Burns bat. got
0: a hit today I
1: don't care the one that he'll get six hits all season
0: Oh, that's a... That's a lot.
1: <laughs> Six out of 30? That's a, lot. Yeah, true that's a lot.
0: That's a lot. of. That's a lot of hits. Four. I mean, yeah, it was really ugly, Brent, watching him try to bunt, and then just really ugly swings. Yeah, that was bad. Devin, but the pitching made up for it, so... Uh,
1: The one person who, Devin Williams, got roughed up a little bit. I don't know if there's any concern there.
0: No, I think... From everything that I saw, I think his first outing, it was just been a while since he would pitched. Um, so you kind of expect some of that rust. And then his most recent one that I think was Wednesday. Yep, Yep, Wednesday when he gave up the homer to Jock Peterson. He struggled a little bit at the beginning with some of the command and placing his pitches. But after the home run and maybe a couple of pitches to the next batter, um, seemed to have settled down a little bit more and was able to kind of look a little bit more like the Devin Williams that we saw last year. Um, So super positive on that note. Another guy I want to point out, um, J.P. Feierheisen. We put him in a save situation on Wednesday as well. He's never been in a situation like that before. Um, Really performed well. Now, yes, he did get the two outs and then load the bases, but I think, you know, that was asking a lot for him, and he performed really well, and I think that won't be the last time he's in a high-leverage situation like that, and he definitely has the stuff to get out of it. Um, but yeah.
1: And speaking of relievers, Josh Hader, doing Josh Hader things.
0: You see him pitch a hundred on opening day. He's nasty. He threw up a hunchie. He said,
1: "Oh, you guys think Evan Williams is the best reliever in Milwaukee?" And another reliever I want to talk about. I remember when I talked about him during the. I
0: wonder if you were going to bring him up. Spring
1: training, when they were signing, you know, kind of veterans to minor league deals. Brad Boxberger, um, he's appeared in two games for the Brewers, and he has a save now. So, the fact that he's appeared in two games already means Craig Council sees something in him that you know maybe we didn't think that he would see.
0: Yeah, he came up. um, He was added. Nope. Yep. He was added to the active roster to fill the hole that Orlando Garcia left. And on that day, came in and pitched the last inning of a Cubs game. And then finished off JP, Fireheisen's inning with, I think, it was a strikeout. Yeah. Flyout, something Gave like that. Gave him the save. Yeah. But I think just kind of one of those guys, a veteran presence in there who's very reliable. Um, And you know, you can put him in different situations and and he's going to handle him very well. But yeah, that's a really good point. And I was waiting for you to bring him up because I knew you would.
1: Hey, I big fan. I, he was, he's never been a bad pitcher in his career. I mean, he's had a couple tough years, but overall he's always been a good pitcher. So, I mean, relief pitchers can last forever and you see it all the time where a relief pitcher will just find something for a season and maybe this is his year.
0: Yeah, who knows? And I always find it funny, and you know, going back to the two pitchers that we acquired this week, I always like it when you know these guys in prototypical like reliever roles or pitcher roles. You know, they're okay, but when they come into Milwaukee and they're used, how Craig Council uses his bullpen, I think he always will play to the player's strengths more than any other manager, and he realizes that. And I think that's why a lot of pitchers see success in Milwaukee. You know, going back to Wade Miley, heaven forbid, you know, he was shunned by every team, came to Milwaukee and got a big contract from the Ast- uh, Astros out of Drew
1: Pomerantz, So I think it's same thing.
0: Yeah, I think so. That's why I'm excited about you know a guy like Boxberger, the two guys that we picked up this week, is because they're subpar on paper to other teams. But when they're brought into the Brewers organization and really used for their strengths and not asked to do stuff that they can't, they can become really, really effective pitchers.
1: Right. And, you know, Council uses the his relief pitchers different than any other manager in the league. Um, these guys don't get cold. They come in a lot. Um, so, you know, if a guy's hot, you know, say Boxberger's hot, he's going to keep pitching. I also, it's gonna keep throwing them in there until that magic wears off.
0: Yeah, and you know, going off of that too, it's it's never. I mean, unless you know you're to the eighth or ninth inning, obviously, then it's most typically gonna be a Devin Williams, Josh Hader combo. But the bullpen is never really scripted, right? Where you're never, you know, where your starter goes out after five, and it's like, okay, you know, Brent Suter is gonna come in for one and a third, and then, you know, it's never scripted like that. It's always a mystery of, okay, who's going to come in? And even going back to Brent Suter's appearance a couple days ago of the plan was to only pitch him for two innings, but he's going hot, so why take him out? He looked good. His pitch count was good. He was really effective. Why not throw him out there again? And I think that's what's really cool about the bullpen, that a lot of bullpens don't – whether they don't have the flexibility, the talent – the manager to do so It what really separates the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen from any other
1: see what I really like about our bullpen is we have multiple guys we have you know we have JP Fyerson, Boxberger, Devin Williams, Brent Suter, Josh Hader we have five guys right off the top of my head that can pitch in high leverage situations and you can trust them in high leverage situations and I would even say probably Eric Yardley
0: yeah, throw him in there. Why not? He did last year. So
1: six guys that you can trust night in and night out, that's that's something that not a lot of teams can say because a lot of teams have, and fewer teams in the past have had that guy where you throw him in, you're like, okay, well, it's a 50-50 shot if we make it through the inning. Right. I mean, that's kind of yeah, how I felt no. about Alex Claudio. I know he was a little bit better than probably what I remember, but that's how I felt about him.
0: He was... It was interesting, and I don't know why we're going to talk about this, but I'm going to talk about it. It was interesting how his role changed. Um, I, he was on the team for three years, where his first year, I think he got a couple saves with Milwaukee, and he was really used in the high levered situations. And then slowly, as years went on, he was more of like, okay, we're going to use you like pretty much every day just to eat up innings. Like He was an inning eater. And then he was used in a little bit of high levered situations, and then towards his last season with us, he really was an inning eater. And he was like, "Okay, the starter came out in the fifth. Can you get, at least get us halfway through the sixth inning?" And
1: they're like, "Sure." We don't he care. Was like, "Yeah, I why like, not? we don't care if you give up four runs. You're just gonna pitch to the sixth.
0: <laughs> and it kind of was like that almost.
1: I mean, it is insane, but when I look at his numbers, because now I looked up Alex Claudio. He appeared in 83 games in 2019. He pitched so much. That's insane. 83 games. I remember he tied the franchise record.
0: Yeah, and I think last year, if you look at last year's numbers between him and Yardley, between the both of them, they pitched like every day. Yeah. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, he was definitely one of those guys that I just didn't have that confidence in. Kind of how I am with Lindblom right now.
0: Oh, I forgot about him. He He had a good relief appearance on opening day.
1: Yeah, and then he kind of... Had a good inning. Yeah, and then he kind of shit the bed the other night. But I don't know. Hopefully he'll get hot because I don't know how much I trust Brent Anderson in the starting role. Um, Maybe, probably more than Josh Lindblom, but I do... I wish we could see Brent Suter start some games, maybe pitch five innings or so.
0: He probably will. I don't... I could definitely see situations... We're gonna have some weird ass starters start this year. I think. That's fine. I think Brent's gonna have one or two. Josh Hader. No. Yeah.
1: Maybe one.
0: (laughs) No. No. Maybe none.
1: I thought he came Um, up. Didn't he come up in the minors as a starter? He was a starter, right? Yeah. And then,
0: and then in seventeen, when he came up, we were like, okay, we're gonna put you in the bullpen because our starters, like, we have a bona fide starter. We have Giovanni Gallardo
1: to the back of the
0: line yeah. gosh yeah and so we were like okay we're just gonna put him in the bullpen get you major league experience and then we'll start you in 2018 yeah that didn't go as planned they realized like oh shit like he's really good so yeah, start it him. was one of those things with like why not mess with success you know
1: start him in 2021 even though his arm's not conditioned for it
0: yeah he would blow out
1: Oh, that'd be. So...
0: He would blow out so quick. I would be pumped.
1: That'd be odd. Oh, Josh. He Hader would gets like. To the he start. would get.
0: To, he would get to his max of like five batters, and he'd be done.
1: <laughs> you get him out. Try him out there for the third inning. <laughs> He's given up yeah, at least be... two home runs.
0: I'd put three.
1: He's just leaving him over the middle of the plate.
0: Yeah, yeah. That would not be fastball. That would not be pretty. fastball.
1: Dips from ninety eight to like ninety two.
0: Ugh. Well, it was really, really high on opening day. I was, you're looking at the, you know, the pitch tracker up in Amfam Field, and it's like, right. did you just throw ninety eight? Oh
1: yeah, sorry, not all of us it was, saw it at Amfam oh, Field. Oh yeah,
0: it was really fun for any of you who weren't yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, um,
1: talk about the game. That's it, that it was, was like the was, Travis Shaw redemption game.
0: Yeah, it really was. I never. I was,
1: was literally <laughs>
0: going into the game. I was like, I don't know how I feel about calling Travis Shaw the starting third baseman. Right. That's how I said Brewers it. I was talking
1: all that shit. And then
0: and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. And, you know, he proved me wrong, man. He was like, nah,
1: never fails for me. As soon as I start talking bad about a player, doubting them, something but happens.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll see like Keston here go off this week. Hey,
1: I always say prove me wrong. There you go. I would do it with the yawn. Is it time to wrap up?
0: <laughs> We're getting There I might I might need to take a nap here before I go into homework. Before we we
1: stop the pod you guys Right. A
0: nap? In the next like 3 minutes. Um <laughs> <laughs> going into next week just some keys for the week goals to win some ball games, um keep getting on base. Uh, I keep Get that hit that will open up the game. You know, we're, we've are we been inches away a couple times, so getting that hit will be huge. The starters just really got to keep doing what they're doing. Give us five innings, th- two to three runs, and we should be winning
1: Oh shit. enough if, ball games. If our starters can pitch all season like they did in week one, we're winning the division. No question.
0: There's a, a lot of high expectations, I don't think. Well, I, um, fine,
1: fine. Like yeah, Corbin Burns doesn't have to pitch a near no hitter every game, but at least be what we expect you to be.
0: Right. That, yeah. Right? Like play up to your potential. Yeah. No, that. that's a that's reasonable. No, that's very reasonable. I thought you were like Brandon Woodruff. I want you to pitch seven innings every time with only seventy nine pitches. I was like, bro, we need to like clean back a little bit on that.
1: All right, well, I have I have realistic expectations. Like I know somebody's gonna have a bad start. But out of every, like, say Brandon Woodruff as our ace or Corbin Burns as our ace out of every five starts, you probably want at least four quality starts out of there. Right? Quality starts? Half and half, maybe? I wasn't
0: following with that. You, you kind of, there was a lot of numbers. All
1: right. Well, because a quality start in MLB is what, like six innings pitched, three earned runs or less?
0: It might be two earned runs. I think it's, Maybe three. it's
1: three. I think it's
0: three. Three seems a little high.
1: In six innings? I mean, should get you a I mean, win. I guess
0: not. I was going to say, like, normally our pitchers don't really get to six innings. So. I think
1: I mean, they call it quality. They don't call it good. It's quality, Olivia.
0: That's true. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe three. I don't know. Um, As for... The
1: Brewers, real quick, the Brewers should have their own stat for quality starts. Like, it should be five innings. Three runs. I
0: always less. said that the Brewers, the Brewers quality start is five innings, two to three pit, two to three runs, and your goal
1: like eight strikeouts. The,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It's like that's the expectation. Huh, fair
1: enough. And that is the
0: bar that we set. Um. Anyway, we play. We're finishing up with the Cardinals this weekend, and then we go back home to beat the Cubs. I think if you're winning both of those division series. We're looking really good, not only standing wise, obviously it's way too early to look at that, but we do have a lot of division games this month, um, especially against the Cubs. We have two more series against the Cubs and we don't play them till like late June. Um, but really winning those series um, this early in the year is gonna make a huge difference down the road. So it's fun. Watch out for that.
1: It's fun to talk about meaningful baseball. It really is. But anyways, I think that's all we got for the week. Uh, go follow us on twitter go subscribe go rate our podcast we'd really appreciate it Uh, share our stuff if you like it you know anything get the word out you know we like producing these episodes and we like to be motivated we like to hear from you so just keep doing that stuff and you know we'll talk next week
0: yeah have a good week guys
1: stay safe